4 o'clock football frenzy is presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. 4 o'clock hours here. Candy, Hill, Cofield. Guys, I appreciate you doing the first hour. Thank you. Of course. It's always a pleasure, Steve, to just any, any, be a part anytime, of the Steve, Anytime, buddy. Anytime, buddy. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I love it. All right. It's football frenzy time. We're going to talk to uh, John Sassenti in just a little bit. Uh, we will get to a little uh, UNLV news later on, especially on the football front when we can squeeze it in with uh, Jacoby Winman right before uh, UNLV football starts to put together its recruiting class. He decides to leave, and I saw the update earlier from Jacoby himself of about six different schools that had reached out. So lots to get to here in the next couple hours. But we lean on Adam Hill for the latest on the Raiders situation. They got the job done on Thanksgiving, so things looking up, but you need your best or second best weapon on offense. Of course, Darren Waller. So what's the latest? What are we hearing on Darren Waller, Adam Hill? It's a, it's a very VGK situation. He's week Uh to week. Uh, they're getting very vague with injury news over in uh, in Raiders land. Um, but listen, it sounds like this week isn't going to be, you know, they're not the most optimistic that it happens this week. Um, I would expect Foster Moreau to play in his place. And I, listen, it's a – Foster Moreau is not there in Waller, but Foster Moreau is better than almost any other team's tight end from a receiving perspective in the league, and he's been a pretty good blocker too. So um, it, it's not the end of the world for the Raiders – to be without Darren Waller, although I'm sure they'd want him back as soon as possible. Um, you know, we will see. They're they're closer, you know, with a, with Trayvon Mullen to coming back. They think they might activate his practice window this week. That means uh, within 21 weeks he should be back, or 21 days he should be back. Um, so getting a, some, some good news while they get some bad news on the injury front for sure. Candy, in a way, is this a short-term blessing in disguise? If they don't have Waller... Doesn't it force, one, Carr to spread the ball around, and two, maybe even, uh, push it down the field a little more, and they have to call more plays for the guys who can rip the top off the defense? I think you already saw that start to happen in Dallas. Uh, Derek Carr started taking shots again, and here comes the offense sc- scoring 36 points. And maybe some of that was just getting Deshaun Jackson integrated and getting those two guys on the same page a little bit and restoring the deep threat that they lost with Ruggs. Uh, but again, to what Adam said... Uh, I think you could force the ball to Foster Moreau if you needed to. I mean, the one game where we saw Foster Moreau play in the absence of Darren Waller, six catches for 60 yards in week seven, the talent's there, and they've raved about the guy coming out of camp for two years straight now. So, yeah, it's obviously something you don't want to deal with with Darren Waller being week to week. Um, And hopefully, as Adam said, in VGK terms, if he's week to week, then he's really month to month. (laughs) I think it's a real true week to week. I think that's where it's at. <laughs> I, 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 it's I, a real true. I hope week. so. I, I hope so. I hope it's. I hope it's not checked back with us in December. <laughs> Adam Hill, how bad was the fight, and was the two game suspension correct by the NFL? How bad was the fight at the Raiders Cowboys game? Well, I'm not. I, I don't want to call it a fight. I mean, that would imply that both people engaged in combat, right? <laughs> I mean, this was just a a punch, and it was. You know, as described in the in the memo from the league, it was, you know, one player, uh, you know, and John Simpson was not involved in this 
at all except to get punched. It was Tristan Hill from the Cowboys kind of standing on the field, gesturing for Simpson to come over, not going toward his own locker room, cutting Simpson off from going to his, waiting for him to get there, going chest to chest, and then an open fist punch uh, that was so jarring it knocked Simpson's helmet off. Like, it was a pretty vicious probably isn't the right word because, you know, he, he does have a helmet on. It was a very forceful blow. And I'm a little surprised maybe it's two games, but maybe in its brazenness of just like, dude, you're standing in the middle of the field punching a guy in the face for no reason. Like, what are you doing? So I, I kind of thought maybe there'd be a big fine, maybe one game, two games. I don't think it's a huge problem. I, I know that a lot of Cowboys fans were going nuts on social media saying like, you know, all this list of infractions that they've seen that haven't been penalized in the same way. I know CeeDee Lamb was strangled, I think, by Harrison Smith earlier this year. Um, no suspension there. So, yeah. Is the NFL, you know, inconsistent in their rulings? Yes. But who didn't know that? So we've got two big jobs open in college football for now, right? Oklahoma and Notre Dame. And I see people asking about Urban Meyer. Doesn't he have to leave? Like, would you even be mad at him if he left, Candy? Of course not. But uh, you have to wonder if Urban Meyer had known that they were going to be giving out 10 to $12 million a year uh-huh. in college, would he ever bothered going to Jacksonville, Florida? Because that's exactly what he's reported to be making for the Jacksonville Jaguars to be unhappy and miserable as opposed to being a god as he's used to being in college. So I don't know. Is there a booster group out there that is not only willing to pay the ridiculous 50-odd million dollar buyout that it would probably cost in Jacksonville plus whatever it's going to take to get him to come to Oklahoma or to come to what seems like the perfect fit in all of the world of Notre Dame? I guess we're about to find out. Wait, Adam, Adam Hill, is that true? Does he have? Do you know that? Does he have a giant buyout with Jacksonville? I mean, I would assume so. But, I, I mean, if you're I, – I guess you'd try to play hardball just for the money if you're Jacksonville, but wouldn't you also be like, just go – that's like somebody, that was part please? of my thinking too. It's like this is not working. <laughs> yeah. Somebody please take him. Right? So I think you would at least be open. You would put it out there like, hey, guess what? This buyout might not be as bad as you guys think it is. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and let me not make it sound like that I know for sure. Uh, you know, I was actually kicked out of the negotiations room like five minutes yeah. before they signed it. So I'm not totally sure uh, you know, what's in that contract. But I would assume, much like everything else. Uh, that Urban Meyer will rig this financially to his advantage as best he can because he knows that if he chooses to just step down from the Jacksonville job that he's not going to leave with a whole lot. Uh, The question is, what does Shad Khan want to do as the uh, owner of the Jaguars? Would Notre Dame hesitate from hiring Urban Meyer because of his issues at Ohio <laughs> State, and I couldn't get it out. I know. I, know. <laughs> I, tried, I tried to get to Florida. But Notre Dame has a, a moral and ethical standard that they have to uphold. They couldn't bring in a... <laughs> Comedic gold, baby! Who's, whose body count is higher, Urban Meyer or Brian Kelly? I don't know. That's sad, right? Yeah. It is. Touchdown Jesus would forgive him. Oh. He would stand right under the mural. 
Touchdown say, Jesus would look the other way for sure. Touch, touchdown <laughs> Jesus would say, Urban, go win some games, my son. What would you pick if you're Urban Meyer? Which job, Notre Dame or Oklahoma? Oh, my God, Notre Dame, 100 times over. I don't want to go to the SEC if I'm Urban Meyer. I've been there, done that. I don't need to go back and uh, have to deal with that grind. Lincoln Riley got himself out in time before he had to deal with actually recruiting against real schools and not against Kansas. So, yeah, I go to Notre Dame. Hill, same? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think I'd pick NFL over college, but at the same time, it's Jacksonville. So, uh, yeah, I think I would go uh, Midwest. That's a rough choice, but I think you're going to get more money in college. I think it's an easier job to win. I would go to Notre Dame, I guess. He's obviously not concerned about living in the Midwest because he goes home for grind time in Columbus. So. Grind time. <laughs> How many people yesterday, and it, I laughed almost every time, said, wow, Notre Dame job is the second thing to fall into Urban's lap this year. Yeah. Just, it's so ridiculous and cheesy, but you just love it. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. The demise of the New England Patriots appears to have been greatly exaggerated as Bill's New England boys have won five in a row and are looking to once again win the AFC East. But a different kind of Bill is looking to keep the Patriots from achieving their goals. Bill's quarterback, Josh Allen, will look to figure out the Patriots' defense and help lead his Bills over Bill's Patriots. Catch all the action Monday starting with Cofield and Company from 2 to 5, live from Twin Peaks, immediately followed by the game on ESPN Las Vegas. Hurry up offense, 72 yards. Charles takes the handoff and goes straight ahead, and he powers into the end zone. Tell you what, he's playing like it's a tie game. Now, back to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Yep, the chuck wagon rumbling to the very end. That the uh, highlight from the Air Force game. Tough time for UNLV, but uh, Charles Williams closes it out with a 72-yard run and then a, a touchdown. Uh, finishes with well over 4,000 yards, and today was named All-Mountain West Conference at running back. Adam Hill, Adam Candy, full crew here. Cofield, John Sassenti's in the house with the Las Vegas Bowl announcement. Just a few days away. First, we got to get the results of the Pac-12 title game on Friday night. John, how you doing, buddy? Good. I'm a little scared. I got all three of you today. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I know it's the uh, the Adams I, and I, family and I hear attack. The Adam Hill chuckle in sure, the back. Sure, sure. Yes. You should be nervous. Um, <laughs> I I want to. I heard a quote from a wise man today. I want to see if you can confirm this. Uh, the bowl process selection uh, starts with three T's, tickets, travel, and television. Man, you must have been reading a story from the Portland, Oregon newspaper, because that is 100% true, and that was me. Yes. I, I like that. That was solid. Uh, so <laughs> we, can, we, we broke it down in the story. We have it broken down to essentially four teams from each side, uh, UCLA, Arizona State, Washington State, Oregon State from the Pac-12. Purdue, Minnesota, Penn State, Wisconsin for the Big Ten. Is that what we're what we're talking about right now? I can one hundred percent confirm that those are the those are the four teams on each side that we're we're, we're meeting about tonight here in about uh, in about an hour. We uh, we just rolled in for our, our Las Vegas Bowl Committee selection uh, meeting that we do every single year. We break down every single possible scenario out there. 
which is who wins the championship game, you know, what conference plays how many up, whether they play two up, whether they play three up, what teams they possibly play up, and then who is the potential best matchup for the destination. So all of that is going down here in an hour. Those are the eight teams that we are talking about. We're pretty confident coming out of this meeting that we're going to be focusing on on, on four teams uh, after tonight. And can we can we officially firmly say, or is it just kind of to be you know potentially avoided that if it's Purdue, it's not Oregon State? <laughs> well, well, I I think we'll we'll have a better sense tonight. I mean, listen, it, it, it's hard to there are some there are some pretty good brands lingering around there uh, that make a whole lot of sense for us. Uh, so so I, I certainly don't want to rule out Purdue or Oregon State, but you know. Uh, we're, we're we're gonna we're gonna hash it all out tonight. Well, I was, I was just referring to. I mean, they played in the regular season, right? So I don't. I think if you if you could have it, avo- if you could avoid a, a rematch, you'd probably want to do that. We will avoid a rematch. We okay. will not have a rematch. Well, there you go. Uh, very important question. You guys are having a meeting tonight. Who decides where you get delivery from? You're obviously ordering dinner at some point, I imagine. We do, and 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 I'm actually I'm a little upset about tonight. And I'll, I'll let you guys behind the curtain a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I'm breaking a 29-year-old tradition tonight, and I'm not happy about it. Uh, I've been struggling with it all day, but you know, given given the world that we live in with COVID restrictions and the fact that our bowl committee has grown so significantly, we have a second committee, which is known as the Huddle, which is an all-women's committee made up of 30 local women that focus on on community outreach and VIP hospitality. Our group has grown from from probably about you know, a, a working 30, 30 local business people to almost 85 people wow. that now work on behalf of the game. So we broke tradition. And the tradition was back in 1992, the old district attorney for Las Vegas that used to fight, uh, represent all the mob cases here in Las Vegas, Roy Woofter. Roy and four other people were the guys that started the Las Vegas Bowl. And they didn't know how to pick the teams. They didn't know why they were picking the teams. <laughs> but Roy came up with an idea. He had a 3,500-square-foot bar in the back of his house it was the second house in the back of his house they all sat around there they ate barbecue and they drank bud light and that's how they picked the first las vegas bowl team and that (laughs) became a tradition (laughs) it's pretty funny and 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 that became tradition for probably 15 of the first las vegas bowls uh when roy woofter passed away years ago we didn't want to break tradition and Tim O'Reilly, former UNLV kicker, and, and his dad, uh, John O'Reilly, hosted us at their local bar house. They have, a, they have a pub in the back of their house called O'Reilly's Pub. And for the past 10 years, that's where we've been doing it there. Um, but we ran out of houses. We ran out of space. And so we're doing it at, a, uh, at Southern Highlands Golf Club up in the dining room this year. But, but, but we do have it figured out for next year. We have a committee member that stood up. Said he's got plenty of room at his house. He has a bar at his house, and we're going to go back to barbecue and Bud Lights at somebody's house next year. Huh. It's in my neighborhood, and no invite for me. It's it's interesting. We'll see how it is. See how you it should goes. be on the committee. You, should, you absolutely should. should be on the committee. They could, they could listen to you for forty five minutes talk about Michigan and how they uh, they should be unbeaten right now. The officials are terrible. Not, Wait, did, that's did not John, me. That's the officials. Did, did John ever name the actual food, or is it or is it basically up to uh, up to the club what you're going to get? It is well. It, it, it's sliders, chicken fingers, pastas. Mm. Healthy, uh, <laughs> healthy bar spread. It's pretty, pretty solid. <laughs> pretty solid. <laughs> Sounds great, actually. Uh, I I do want to get, dig deep a little bit into like how these conversations go because obviously it's about hey, let's pick the best team, let's pick the best matchup, who's going to travel, all those things weigh into it. As we said earlier, the three T's, John, tickets, travel, television, those weigh into it. 
But like, are there conversations, and not necessarily about these teams in particular, but is there like, hey, look, this is the time when a lot of coaches are leaving. Let's not pick a team who their coach might leave. Or like I saw something today, UCLA plays a home basketball game on the same day as the Las Vegas Bowl. Would people go to that instead of traveling? Like, how how deep do you guys go into all these details? Buddy, I do get a spot for you on the committee because all of those are on the agenda tonight. We are talking about the UCLA home basketball game the same night as ours. Um, you know, the, the, the Holiday Bowl is very interested in UCLA, and they play, you know, the night before, so, so that was attractive to them. Uh, we, we are talking about head-to-head matchups, who beat who in the regular season. We are definitely always talking about coaches, and I will tell you right now, I called Penn State uh, last week, and I talked to their athletic director and I said, hey, one of the concerns with Penn State, I need to talk to you about it now, is what's going on with your coach? And she said, John, don't worry about our coach. We're good. <laughs> and two days later, the announcement came out. So, wow. you know, she told me not to worry. So scared, I didn't John. worry. Um, I think Chip Kelly from UCLA was rumored to, uh, to be in the hunt for Washington at one brief time. That's obviously not happening anymore. Um, so I think we're pretty secure on, on all fronts. Of, on the coaching front, Washington State announced their coach, so they're good to go there. Um, I will say that I, I got to give I got to give some credit to the University of Minnesota though. Their coach was the only head coach that picked up the phone and uh, put on a full blown recruiting pitch wow. uh, for 15 minutes on the phone. And and I, I don't know PJ Fleck very well, but uh, after spending 15 minutes on the phone with him, I get why that guy is successful. He is he is one of a kind, and he kind of he kind of made me he had me close to announcing them or inviting them right there on the spot. <laughs> did he, did he use the phrase "row the boat"? He uh, 100% used the phrase Roosevelt. <laughs> oh my God. Amazing. He 100% did. He said something else that I didn't quite understand. He said, go Gophers, something else that I couldn't understand, and then row the boat. <laughs> okay. That's, that's good, <laughs> good, good insight. I'm waiting, I'm waiting to, to, to see if anybody in our committee uh, is a Minnesota fan so they can explain to me what he possibly could have said. Let me, uh, I know a couple. Let me reach out. I'll try to, I'll try to let you know. Please do. Thank uh, you. After the show. Um, you mentioned the holiday bowl there. kind of got me interested. Like, it sounds like, okay, that makes sense if UCLA is playing the night before or the, the, game, the game is the night before. Maybe that would work out. Like, are there deals that go on between bowl games? Like, hey, you do this for us. Next year we got you. Like, we'll make this trade for you. There are, there are conversations that take place in that. And, and the Holiday Bowl director is, is one of my closest friends in the industry. He did say he, you know, that, that was a team that they were really looking at. They liked the fact that they're an hour down the road. Uh, they're, you know, I think they're the night before the basketball game. So he and I had a long conversation about uh, UCLA in particular. Um, I will tell you, some, sometimes those conversations go really well, and, and you have great conversations about what might be best for one team or one destination versus the other. If you don't have a preference, could you be helping out a friend in the bowl industry if, if all things are equal and you really, really, really don't care, would you help out a friend? And, and the answer I always say would, would be yes. If, if we're going to be in good shape, and we're taking care of our destination and our game, and we're selling tickets, 100% we will. Now, on the flip side, I can tell you I've had a conversation with, with a certain bowl director on the other side who the conversation did not go very well. Uh, they were demanding, they demanding that we don't even look at one of the teams and, uh, and, and claim that there's some sort of handshake deal from 10 years ago that they, they get access to one of these teams. And Wait a it, that conversation right. didn't go well at all. So it, we, we have them on both sides. All right. who, Demanding. Who, who does, runs, he, does he not? Does he not uh, you're an Italian guy from Las Vegas. <laughs> don't demand anything from John Sassenti. <laughs> Let, hmm. Let's just say he's from the same, he's from the same region. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was okay. going to say, yeah, who, runs, <laughs> who right. runs the pinstripe bowl and why do they want Penn State so bad? <laughs> That's my question. 
I, I know nothing. Okay. I know nothing. That's fair, awesome. Fair read on that one, Adam Hill. Uh, yeah. And by the way, when I'm when I'm on the committee, we're an island, John. We are an island. Yeah. We don't well, take listen, phone I'm, calls. I'm going to make you field all calls. No. And we're going to take them and say, no, thanks. We run our bowl. You run yours. Right. You worry, <laughs> you worry about you. We're going to worry about us. Yes, exactly. I love it. Lots of threats. Uh, Adam Hill, what's your vote for you? Wisconsin, UCLA? Or uh, do you not want to mess with UCLA because of the basketball game? So Wisconsin, Arizona State? Yeah, we're not doing a favor. Um, if the Holiday Bowl wants right. UCLA so bad, they can they can certainly make some concessions and you know throw some stuff our way. Uh, and we'll, we can listen to that offer. Um, I do want to take Penn State now just because they're wanted somewhere else. And that's, that's my interpretation. That's not John saying that. I'm just saying another bowl wants Penn State. And so they don't, they're coming here. That's, that's how we're doing it. You, you know, the other part of that, Adam, is sometimes when you do the good guys a favor, it can come back and help you down the line one day. Uh, so to, hmm. to your point, if you were to take care of somebody like the Holiday Bowl, that might come back as a favor to us one day sometime soon. Can we get like can we get like a like a block of sweets in like La Jolla uh, during the summer? Yeah, we we want the Hotel Dell for all of July. Yes. Okay. Now now, now we're doing <laughs> deals. We're deal I like this. Uh, this is solid. Yeah, I like this. We're good. But uh, how long does this meeting go tonight? So we we uh, we have a little social gathering because uh, we all haven't seen each other in a little while, and uh, so from five to five forty-five, we have a social gathering. And then uh, from 5.45 to 6, everybody fills their plates and gets their food and takes their seat. We go from about 6 to 6.30 as the entire group. And then from 6.30 to 7.15 is all about team selection uh, with just the, the, the bowl committee. The huddle breaks off and kind of does some community outreach stuff, some VIP hospitality stuff. And so we, we break off by about 7.30. Uh, we're in good shape and ready to go and, and, uh, and heading home. I live, I live right outside the gates of the course, so if you guys all just want to stop by, um, I can probably not provide the same kind of spread, but you can let me know what, what, what's discussed and just uh, stop by the house. You might be able to be our guest speaker tonight. Mm. That's, that's appealing. I'm sure I have a lot of great stuff to say. Well, I am going to use so, – so there's a couple things. I'm going to tell the stories of all the teams that reached out. Ryan Leaf called on behalf of Washington wow. State last night. We, we, we actually – he told me some really, really good stories. That uh, I didn't realize that James Franklin from Penn State was his GA at Washington State. Wow! So he had a bunch of James Franklin stories just in case Penn State got in the game. <laughs> um, but but you know what? We PJ Fleck reached out. Uh, Ryan Leaf reached out. We've had people from every single school reach out, and, and what that tells me is that this is not the old Las Vegas Bowl. These these schools are not disappointed about coming here. They actually really want to come here, and they're putting the full court press on. They are selling themselves. They're sending. You know, marketing plans, they're selling, sending where their alumni is located to Vegas. They're trying to sell their program. They're trying to sell, and that says a lot about where our game is today. December 30th, the game goes down. Uh, the tickets are available at lvbowl.com. Uh, where are we now? Are we north of 40,000 or still between somewhere between like 37,000 and 39,000 sold? We're, we're just about at 39,000 sold. We got 30, I'm sorry, we got 18,000 left on the system. We can sell up to about 58. So we're just around. We're we're approaching that forty very very quickly, uh, and it's amazing. We we see tickets going every single day because people are people are trying to figure out the final four teams, and they're like, you know what, I I, I can definitely watch that game. I can get behind that one, and, and and it's a great time of year for college football. So we're we're moving tickets. I have a funny feeling, you know, if if, if the selection goes one way on Sunday, I think we'll sell some tickets pretty quickly with, with a couple of the teams that are in that mix. John, we appreciate it. Have fun tonight. 
Guys, I appreciate all you guys do throughout the college football season. Thanks for telling our story. Adam, it's good to talk to you, buddy. We'll, I'll, I'll present you to the committee to join the committee Thanks. tonight. We'll get back to you soon. <laughs> Thank you very much. Appreciate all right, that. I'm Senti, the director of the Las Vegas Bowl. 364-1100, 364-1100. Caller 6 and 7 will qualify right now for Amazon gift cards courtesy of Silver 7s. We're having a big blowout for the opening, the uh, grand reopening of the Bud Light Bar at Silver 7s. That's where we do our Thursday shows. Uh, all of the qualifiers, all the winners of these gift cards, are also qualifying for a grand prize. It's two tickets to go to the Raiders and Chargers, final game of the season, and you get uh, more dollars in gift cards to spend on whatever you want. Uh, but you got to qualify right now. Call her 6 and 7. It's all courtesy of Silver 7s. We'll be out there live through the first half of the game for Thursday Night Football, 364-1100. More of Cofield & Company is on the way, live in the Finley Toyota Studios. We don't mess around when it comes to food. It's the Fat Pack, brought to you by Nova Home Loans. And there's wine already for tasting, and there's Cadillacs. CFP is out. You know this is very unofficial as compared to what the show produces. You guys ready for the uh, the top six? Georgia one, Michigan two, Alabama three, Cincinnati four, Oklahoma State five, Notre Dame is six. Again, Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame. So semifinal matchups if it ended today would be Georgia Cincy. Rematch of the Peach Bowl. Everyone remembers that and talks about it. Uh, and Michigan against Alabama. Adam Hill, are you cool with this with your Wolverines taking on a very inflated number three Alabama? I have in the Cofield playoff rankings, Alabama is my number seven team. Uh, I would prefer them to be seven. Yes. Do we have any problems with any of these rankings, Candy? Is Cinti too low? Is Alabama deserving of being in there? Should Alabama be number four? Is Michigan too high? Well, what matters is that I told you on Sunday at the Westgate that Michigan was the number two team in the country, and, and the committee agrees with me. So that's what's really important here. But I, look, it's what it's really set up for well is, you know, Alabama's going to have its chance to play its way in or play its way out. They're going to go play the SEC championship game. They lose that game. They're dropping out. Cincinnati and then Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, whoever it is. What I want just for maximum chaos is we've got to have Cincinnati and Notre Dame in the playoffs. So when Luke Fickle takes the Notre Dame job, yep. he has to try to figure out which team to coach in the playoff. Yeah. My my field right now would actually have Cincy playing Notre Dame in the first round as one versus four, and Georgia-Michigan would play as two and three. My, my rankings are Cincy one, Georgia two, Michigan three, Notre Dame four, Ohio State five, Oklahoma State six, Alabama seven. I, I mean, I think the the real because of course it's all it's all drama and and silliness. Yes, this but is, this is all a TV show. It is. Um, are we sure? Because Adam just said it matter of factly. Are we sure Alabama drops out if they lose? I don't think they do. Close, close loss to Georgia. I think we got problems. Uh, Ten points or more, Alabama's got to get out of there. Bye bye. We'll see. I agree. I, I think, I think keep having them at number three. I think it would have been more interesting even even to have a number two, but having them at number three, I think leaves them open to keeping them in the top four if they lose. Yep. 
I agree. leaves them open to. Yeah, but a, again, what we've seen out of Alabama lately wouldn't even suggest we're going to get that close game, right? It, it doesn't set up well here for, for the Crimson Tide, and and I think that they probably saved themselves more headache by not putting them ahead of Cincinnati, or just, but not putting them behind Cincinnati right now. Yeah, I, are, I mean, I'm, we, listen, are, yeah. there's a lot to be played out, for sure. I think that that's the, even though it's only one weekend left, it's, there's still a lot to be played and a lot to be decided. Um, but I, I feel like, listen, I wouldn't be sitting comfortably if I was Oklahoma State, like, oh, once Alabama loses, we're in. I wouldn't be sitting comfortably, and um, I don't know. I, we'll, we'll see how it works out. I do I do love the scenario of Cincinnati-Notre Dame. That would be great. Uh, but I, I just... I guess we'll find out what they what they decide to do, and that's that's the thing is that they they don't have to do anything. There's there's nothing saying that they have to move Alabama out. There's nothing saying Cincinnati would have to stay at four, and they could jump whoever they want in there. Coming up next, Sam Panarovich is going to react to the uh, CFP. Also talk about uh, his latest personal bet with some jabroni on Twitter uh, in a situation where he's getting stiffed. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. Coalfield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. Sammy P. Lots to get into with Sam Paniotovich. Lots of questions to answer. First and foremost, will I be able to find a barbecue place in Dallas that's open till 10 o'clock? Not all closing at 8, Sam. This team, uh, this town seems to be uh, going to sleep pretty soon. 10 o'clock in Dallas. Uh, let me see. There's a barbecue joint in Uptown. Really? I believe it's called Coop City. Okay. Look into right. Coop City. I'm C-O-O-P looking into it. City. Anything I'm else? I mean, don't it. ask me for any other favors today, Cofield. I've done enough already, I feel like. That's but it. Yeah, well, Coop City. I feel like you're a little bitter right now because you're owed some sort of bottle of tequila. You got into a, a, one of these brawls on Twitter with some jabroni who seems like kind of a low-level producer at the Today Show, who mocked on you all year long for touting your Braves, and uh, you're still waiting on the bet payoff, huh? Yeah, well, look, Nesson has told me a couple times now, hey, take it easy, maybe don't go after listeners. And I'm like, okay, that, that makes sense. All right, all right, you know, right. if some guy some guy with eight followers tweets, you know, F you, and I put him on blast, they don't really <laughs> want that. So I said, all right, that makes sense. I, w- I will avoid going at you know, the listeners. So I think it's a little different though, when somebody with a check Mark who works for good morning America or something, I said, the Braves were a good bet back in April. And he said, they're not even a playoff team. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll let that go. We get into June. I wrote a story about the Celtics, tweeted it out. And he's like, yeah, this is the same clown that thinks the Braves are going to win the division. So this whole thing went on for months. And then I finally said, look, you want to make a bet? Let's make a bet. Let's bet a bottle of tequila. You can have the Mets. I'll take the field. The, the Mets at this point, by the way, are in first place by four or five games. DeGrom wasn't hurt yet. This guy just wouldn't quit. So, you know, Braves get hot, Mets get cold, and crickets, of course. So a month goes by, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm thirsty. Like nothing, you know? I sent him another message. Hey, man, what's the deal? And he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about the bet. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah, sure so. He, yeah, so he still hasn't sent the bottle of tequila. I, I put him on blast yesterday, and he blocked me. So I'm – I don't know, man. I don't think I'm going to get the tequila, long story short. Should we all start tweeting at him? 
I think you should. I, I mean, look, I do this show because I love you guys. I think you guys should put him on blast because you love me. Do do we do we do we throw his handle out and the listeners can go at him too? I was gonna tweet at his company, but I didn't want to really cross the line. So I started my tweet out with Good morning, America, period. <laughs> you know, like this guy, you know, welched on the on it's a side bet, you know. Like he but he, he, here's the thing, yo, Adam. He talked smack multiple times in my mentions, tweeted at my company, like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, and then makes a bet and doesn't pay it. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, if you guys want to go at it, you guys want to be my posse, please feel free. Like, I, I just want what I'm owed. That's all. I got I got nothing else. Well, I might be on a bowl committee, but if, if not, then I'll organize a Twitter army to go, after, to go after this person. It's good. It is. Listen, it is an important thing when you make bets to pay them off. That is that is like one of the most like important things to be able to judge people on. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I was gonna swear there, but I don't want to swear. I was gonna say something not nice, but I won't do that. I my internal restrictor plate just kicked in because we are in terrestrial radio. Good. But yeah, he's he's just a coward, plain and simple. Um, hey, Cofield, how about Michigan though, huh? Yeah, that one didn't work out for me. And uh, I actually, you know, what the funny thing is, I got Ohio State in game plus two and a half, so I thought I had a really good number. I'm like, of course they're gonna come back and win. Maybe it won't be by a touchdown, but. I win, but I, I did not win. I was wrong. Well, here's where I'm at. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to like celebrate me and Candy running circles around you with Michigan. But I think now <laughs> it's interesting how this works because I have gotten several texts, and you know, I, I always respond to texts and DMs from friends and listeners and all that. Everybody that bet Ohio State last week is now jumping on the Michigan bandwagon this week. And everybody is talking about how great Michigan is. And, you know, like this is where this is how the books get you. You were you were not on not you specifically, but like you, the general better, were not even thinking about betting Michigan. You didn't want to take eight and a half, eight points with them. But now you're ready to lay 11 with Michigan. (laughs) Like it's the total role reversal. And now the room has swung to the maize and blue. And, And I'll tell you what, man. I'm going to take Iowa. In fact, like I, I thought about it this morning. Uh, there's an 11 at Circa. There's an 11 at Westgate. Uh, Winbet has 11. Some books are 10 and a half. Like, I don't know that it's going to go higher than 11. I told you last week my number on Ohio State, Michigan, was four and a half, five. My number on Michigan, Iowa, is like eight and a half, nine. So because they just blew out Ohio State and everybody watched it and everybody thinks Iowa can't score – you know, it, the line has moved through 10, and I, that number is too big with a total of 44. Those 11 points are even more valuable. I'll be on Iowa here. I'm going to get back in a second to college football and what that means in terms of how the books did in Nevada in October, but I need to say one thing, and it's the most childish thing I think I've ever said on this radio program, but I think it needs to be called out because of this guy who welched on you. His name sounds like someone who would call Mo from The Simpsons at the bar. <laughs> Kieran McGurl. Uh, what, what, do you, what, what do you mean, Kieran McGurl? Hey, Kieran McGurl? Who's Kieran McGurl? That's that's his name. If you want to go find him, I'm, I'm doxing the guy here right now. His name's Kieran <laughs> McGurl. Go get him. <laughs> right now um, he's gonna so, block you he's gonna block you though that's what he did I he hope blocked, so yeah. yeah he blocked me on on my twitter he blocked me on chicken dinner 
And, you know, I had, I mean, the tweet got a lot of traction and there were, you know, 15, 20 people going at this guy. And then all these people are sending me screenshots of him blocking them. So he's just, he's hiding in his studio apartment in somewhere in New York and he's working on some feature for Good Morning America. Look, God bless the guy. You know, he's just, he's just a coward. And that's yeah, fine. Uh, yeah, the five, you know, like the five greatest cookie houses you can send your family this Christmas. I'm sure it'll be a great feature. So anyway, um, a huge month in Nevada in October. Of course, there was an extra Sunday of NFL football, but more than a billion dollars in handle. It's a sexy number. Revenue is a little bit down kind of under the uh, under the average. But you're talking about the bookmakers knowing how to uh, knowing how to play it, knowing how to get people interested and maybe uh play on their insecurities a little bit and i think the interesting part sammy is that november was supposed to be the month when the books really killed everybody but october turned out pretty nice as well well it all comes out in the wash does it not i mean we heard yes, about does. was it weeks i i can't remember exactly what weeks but let, let's just for entertainment purposes let's say it was weeks four five and six of the nfl and the books were like we've never lost this bad um <laughs> you know and, and here we are. It's like, holy crap, the public has gotten slaughtered in the last four weeks. And, and you know, like, you always read the quote. You're like, it used to be Bogdanovich. You'd be like, yeah, we did okay. We did okay means we killed them. Like, we killed the public when the bookmaker says, yeah, we did all right. So it, it, it all comes out, like I said, in the wash over a 17-week uh, NFL season. I guess this, this season it's 18 weeks. The public is going to clean up. And by clean up, I mean they're going to win – you know, like the favorites will win 11 out of 12 sides, I don't know, three or four times. Uh, it just happened this season to happen in a row. Bingo, bego, bongo. And, and ever since then, it's been it's been upset city. I mean, we saw the Jacksonville Jaguars upset the Bills. We saw the Cincinnati Bengals lose the New York Jets. We saw the uh, Houston Texans beat the Tennessee Titans. You know, anytime a sports book can get one of the big favorites to go down – it, it makes it a winning weekend because most of those big favorites are tied to parlays. Really, so, like money line parlays, straight parlays. When the big favorite goes down, the books usually make money. So speaking of the books making money, I wanted to get your opinion on, frankly, the, uh, the story at my day job that has gotten more traction and attention than just about anything that we've seen for quite a long time. Uh, the CEO of DraftKings was talking to investors today of a public company and was talking about the, the customers that they're looking for. And he said about sports betting, this is an entertainment industry. People who are doing this for profit are not the players we want. I thought that was an interesting thing to say out loud. It was kind of like the quiet part, but put in front of major investors. Translation is we only want you if you're not good at this. We only want you if you're a loser. Is that I mean that's sort of what it pretty much right? Like, like we only love, want rec players. Yeah, we well, and if you're any good, we're gonna kneecap you to death. You know, I mean some of these yep. books, you know, you could sign up for a DraftKings account and I've had friends do it, you know, like guys that I know that know what they're doing. They sign up, they they get the referral bonus, they 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 sign up for their free five hundred dollar bet or whatever, and then you know, they're able to bet two dimes, maybe a dime here and there. And then all of a sudden, after two weeks of winning habits, and it's not even winning bets, it's winning habits. Like they'll bet a they'll bet a college basketball total at 
uh, you know, 158 and it'll close 150. So if they if they beat the market over a two week period, all of a sudden you can no longer bet a dime. You can bet 12 cents or whatever, $17. So th- these books are doing that. They don't want to take winning bets from winning players. But that's and I saw the story. Um, you know, it was it was Brad Allen wrote it, I think. Right. Um, yep. Yeah. And the quote was, people who are doing this for profit are not the players we want. And then I love Matt Metcalf's response. Metcalf, of course, uh, running the book over at Circa. He said, at Circa Sports, we only want players who are trying to profit. If you're trying to lose, go somewhere else. You sound like a weirdo. They're like, <laughs> who... Who bets? Who bets for fun? Like I, I, I get like okay. Well, well, we all bet for fun, right? But don't we all prioritize winning? We bet because we want to win. We don't bet because we're having fun. We want to win. A little of both. I get, but how much fun are you having when you're down? You know, when you've lost six bets in a row. You know, no, how much fun sure. are you having when you've had a losing month? Like, yeah, it's it's fun to bet, but it's more fun to win. And DraftKings is telling you, if you win, you're not our type of player. Sam Paniotovich, our gambling insider. All right, Sam, are we starting to hone in on some uh, new numbers, some different odds for the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think uh, this is a really fascinating market. They used to do this offshore back in the day. Uh, I think it was like five dimes used to do exact Super Bowl matchup. And, uh, you know, not many books around the country do this legally, but BetMGM is doing it right now. And what it is, is it's an exacta. Like if you're a horse racing player, you you take the two teams that are going to make the dance. And I'll tell you what, one of the most popular options on the board, I was talking to some of the guys over at MGM. They said they are extremely liable on a Patriots and Buccaneers Super Bowl. If that happens, they are in trouble. Um, That number right now over at MGM, 16 to 1 on a Brady-Belichick rematch. Um, it's not the lowest number uh, on the board. I think there are some other options that are even better for that matter, like that Chiefs-Packers number 16-1 to I think is a really good bet. But uh, Kansas City-Tampa Bay has the shortest odds to be the Super Bowl, 12-1. to You get 14-1 to on Bills-Bucks. You get 16-1 to on Chiefs-Packers. 16-1 to on the aforementioned Pats-Bucks. 18-1 to on Bills-Packers-Ravens-Bucks. 20 to 1 on Chiefs cards. I could probably stop there. 22 to 1 Bills cards, 22 to 1 Pats Packers. But I think it's a really cool market. Like, for example, if you're thinking about betting the Packers to win the uh, the NFC right now, okay, you could find them about 3 to 1, 350. Why wouldn't you just take that $100 and split it three ways? You bet 33 bucks on Chiefs Packers at 16 to 1. You bet 33 bucks on Bills Packers at 18 to 1. And then you bet $33 on Pats Packers at 22 to 1. It's the same bet, but you're just you're keying in the Packers with the three most likely teams from the AFC and your payout is bigger. It's the same exact bet, but you're getting a better return because you're betting better numbers and not just the flat 5 or 3 to 1 on on the NFC. It's interesting, it's a little complex, but you can make more money if if you like a team to win the conference rather than bet them to win the conference. You key them to go to the Super Bowl with Team A, B, and C, and you get much, you get a much bigger payout. CFP is out, Sam. We've got uh, Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Cincinnati. Georgia is by Vegas numbers seventeen against Cincinnati. Bama would be four and a half against Michigan. Wait, the three is favored over the yeah. Uh, Alabama four and a half over Michigan. Would you play any of these sides? I bet a little Alabama seven to one to win the title. Um, I, I didn't exactly answer your question, but I, right. I, I think, I mean, I, I don't know who Georgia has 
beaten yet. You know, like they beat Clemson week one. We knew Clemson uh, or we know Clemson now is not what Clemson has been. But if you look at Georgia's schedule, man, like who have they really beaten that like that intimidates you on that schedule? To me, there's no team on there that's even very good. Um, you know, like Auburn's okay, Arkansas, blech, Florida stinks, Kentucky. Like they haven't played a team that has the talent that Alabama has. And I, I couldn't believe, like I looked up this morning and Caesars had Georgia minus 220 to win the national championship. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. So, I mean, yeah, like if you wanted me to pick – uh, a game this weekend, you know, Georgia, Alabama, I'd probably take six and a half. But I think the better bet is taking Alabama to win the national championship right now. You could find six, seven to one. If they win that game Saturday, which is very, very possible, mm-hmm. you're talking about a number that's now what, 250, three to one right. on Alabama? Right. And right. does Alabama then go to the number one seed in the college football playoffs? So then they're now they're favored over everybody they face going forward. And you have six to one in your back pocket. That's probably what I would do. But as far as like the numbers go, uh, I was talking to Kenny white about this legendary odds maker. He's got Georgia. He's got them nine points better than Alabama. He's got Alabama and Michigan even right now, same power rating, 128 wow. and a half. And then he's got Ohio State 128, Cincinnati 127. So he's got Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, Cincinnati all within a point and a half, and Georgia about nine points better than Alabama. So I, I guess it makes sense. But man, when I see Nick Saban lined up against Kirby Smart, I, I'm not betting Kirby Smart. Put it that way. All right, Sam. Great advice. We will not mock on you for it. And if we bet you, we will absolutely pay off the bet with a bottle of tequila. By the time this guy pays you off, it better be a freaking uh, Don Julio, you know, 1942 or a Plaza Azul. I love that Adam Hill and ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM have already tweeted at this guy. I promise you, you will be blocked in the next 30 seconds, but will, I appreciate your help. Worth no, it. He, will he, will he, will not, he will run and he will hide. Well, Adam and I will be in the New York area in, in May, so we'll go see him. How about that? <laughs> All right. See you, boys. I, I know people. See you. Adam Candy, Adam Hill, Cofield, full crew here. Ari's here as well. Five o'clock hour is on the way. We're actually going to talk more college football after five o'clock is uh, Ryan Harris, who calls the games for Notre Dame, former Bronco. We'll talk a little Broncos, but he'll be up with us at 530. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota.